welcome to the Macaw Podcast Universe. Here we are again. It's me, Micah Macaw. It's me, Jordan Macaw. And today we're going to bring you our first ever No Burp podcast. Not true. There is going to be no burping on this one. Don't think that's possible. And, um, you know, this is phase three of Marvel that we're jumping into. We've finished two series and we're making, we're still making our way through our first ever series. And... This all just started as a dream between two young lovers in their second year of marriage. And here we are. It's, I think it's probably October right now. Um, I'm, I think. It might yeah, not be, though. Because we're recording ahead of time, people. Um, and today we're doing Captain America Civil War, the third Avengers movie. Yeah. Oh, you burped. So, that was no, not a burp uh, podcast. Dang it. We hardly made it. <sighs> actually, I don't know if I actually burped. I just felt like I was burping, so it's that doesn't burp. count. Yeah, funny that you mentioned that, though. This is actually often re- referred to as um, Avengers 2.5. It is. Is what people call it. Um, it and is. When, when it came out, that's what people were saying, that it was... Yeah. It, which, yeah. I mean, it is. Yeah. Um... So just took some out, put some in. Yes. Yeah. And, and so one thing I was, oh yes, this is what I was going to say. I lost my train of thought. Funny enough, this is our, um, 13th Marvel movie that we've covered. And this is only the second series that is over within the bigger series. There's so many series and this is the, so we finished. Oh, Captain, the, this is Captain America's last movie. Yeah. And we finished the Iron Man movies. Oh yeah. Um, but now we're finishing the Captain America movies. So I don't know. Cool. It's kind of weird. I didn't think about it like that. Yeah. So this, and this is our, this is only our third like trilogy within this series. Yeah. Nothing else has had three yet besides Iron Man. So. Until Thor. Yeah. Which is in a month maybe, I think that we'll be covering that movie. But right now we're talking Civil War. So hit me with your first experience with... Oh, wait, we watched this together. Mm-hmm. So um, the first time we watched this movie, what? why were we watching because it? Because you, you wanted to have them all watched before we saw Infinity War. Was that the reason? Yeah. Okay, okay. Because uh, it was coming out soon and you This you was were last like, year I, we watched it? Yeah. Well, wow. no, no, no. It was before we were married. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was like the summer before. It was like, Avengers is coming out next year. We should maybe... Yeah, well, you were like, I, I don't have that much left. I think me, I was, I just couldn't care less. I did yeah. it because I love you. That's why I watched hey, it. Hey, I love you too. Because I was still very much out of Marvel at this point, besides mm-hmm. Guardians. Um, And then when you brought this movie over and I saw it, it was about two, a little over two and a half hours. Yeah, it's 245, I think. Yeah, it might I was even be not very happy about that. And not only that, the movie was so long and I remember hating it the first time. A lot of that had to do with me just already being done with Marvel. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even give it a fair chance. Yeah. Um, but so watching this, I forgot so much that happened. Yeah. Two, oh, 227. Okay. Sorry. So two and a half hours. But still, I mean, that's a long movie. Yeah. I mean, like we talked about already, it is two movies in one. Yes, which I'll hold off on that explanation yeah. a little further. But you weren't a huge fan of this movie either, either the first time. I remember when we watched it, I was like, besides Thor 2 and Ant-Man, this is like my least favorite. I hated yeah. it. I really, really hated it. Um, and I, I thought it was just kind of just kind of a boring slog fest that deals with a character whose name is Bucky that never has any actual character development 
on screen, and we actually don't know anything about him, and they devote a whole second movie to him, and yet we... Actually, a perfect a perfect thing, um, Patrick Willems, who's mm-hmm. um, a YouTuber who does uh, movie analysis and stuff, he's, he's very... I enjoy his criticism and stuff, and on Letterboxd, he recently watched Captain America Civil War, and you can write little reviews on there. We also have a uh, an MPU uh, that you can follow if you go to Meltar Man, and it, it's all our movies that we're covering. But his review was, poor Bucky, so much happens to him, and he still never gets a chance to become an actual character. Yeah, I feel like he's more of a, just a MacGuffin in this movie. Yeah, he's and I, I agree with happens. him. Well, it's... not the reason it all happens, but he's a pretty big reason of why half one of the two movies happens. Mm-hmm. And having said all of that, though, we watched it again um, yesterday. Well, we finished it yesterday. We started it the day before, and then we had plans, and we couldn't finish it. What did you think of it then? I liked it much, much more. I did, too. It is a it is a pretty dang good movie. I still have a lot of issues with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it goes into good, not great for It me. held my interest the whole time. Yeah. Because I actually watched it this time. The first time, I was just like, ugh. Mm-hmm. I don't care about any of these people besides maybe, I don't know. I don't even think I could tell you at that time. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like yeah. anybody. Yeah. Uh, I probably thought Black Panther was kind of cool. Maybe. Yeah. But even then I was just like, who cares? But now it's like, and it probably because I know things now. Yeah. Um, well, and we're literally watching the franchise, analyzing it. Like I'm, yeah. I'm sitting down for you listener and I'm, I have my notes on my phone open and I'm like writing notes like as we watch these yeah. movies. So when you analyze a movie, you do have a different perspective on it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's a good movie. Yeah. I think, I think it's good. It's a very convoluted plot. Which isn't necessarily bad because I, I was I've been reading the Civil War comic series kind of be, well one I wanted to and second to kind of gear up for this a little bit to have a little of the like adaption side of things but I in in doing so I do forget how convoluted comic books are yeah you know sometimes they're like oh yeah we have to go back and get that guy from Zone X because three years ago we did this and then. You know, and and if you like jump into a comic book series, you're like, what? You show me a picture of the the guy. Oh, Zemo. Yeah. Yeah. So, in this movie, there's a character played by Danny Brule, and his name is Zemo. Um, and he's such a cool character. He has such a cool look that they never use in the movie. You know, I remember thinking the first time. He's got like a purple sock helmet thing. Looks very Nor. And I think he looks really cool, but and I was kind of bummed that he didn't turn out that way in the movie. Rorschach, kind of. Yeah, he does have when a does Rorschach that show come look. Out? Oh yeah, it hasn't come out yet. I think October. Um, the Watchmen TV show. Cool. Um, I remember the first time thinking because I huge Daniel Brule fan, mm-hmm. huge, huge, and uh, <laughs> remember thinking when he was in, I was like, well, at least he's in it. I like that, and then yeah. I'm like, what a waste for for that guy. Watching it this time. Great. He's great. Love his motive. Yeah. Love what he yeah, does. Yeah, he's actually a really he's interesting like character. like one of my favorite parts of the movie. So I was like, he did do what I wanted him to do. Yeah. He delivered. <laughs> and and with the... Uh, so, I mean, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that um, they've announced a, a Winter Soldier Falcon TV show for Disney+. Plus, and I believe they did like a shadowed image, and he has signed on to be in that show. And I think everyone's imagining that now he's going to have like the outfit and he'll have like wonder what more else of a reason to 
what his be motives there. would be from here on out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but because um, his motives were just like so clear, and I mean, mm-hmm. it was just very much like one time thing. Which a lot of these movies, it's a a one time thing. Yeah, for a lot of them. But anyway, let's get into let's get into it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it's directed by Anthony and Joe Russo. This is their second Marvel movie. Um, and oh yes, I made this note. Uh, in our Winter Soldier episode, I said there is an Arrested Development or Community reference in every Marvel movie. But I meant to say in every Marvel movie directed by the Russo brothers. Uh, and this one is no exception. This one we have the stair car in the background. And Jim From Rash. Arrested Development. And at the very beginning, Jim Rash, who is uh, the dean in Community. And in this movie, it appears to be that he is a dean well, of college. Well, we don't know college. for sure if he's a dean or Well, not. he's talking to Tony Stark and but he's asking him for some extra is. money. Yeah. And to put him in at least a position of power at a school is just such a direct reference to community, yeah. which is really fun. Yeah. It must be so great for those people in community to be like, oh, yeah, I guess we'll get paid $10,000 or whatever to work one day on set. I think and that's how in, much they get paid. I don't know. Probably more than that. You think more than that? Maybe not. For that, for the 20 seconds that Jim Rash was in it, maybe 20 seconds? Yeah, probably not. You're right. I mean, he probably right. got a vacation paid for yeah. and more. Yeah down payment on a car probably actually (laughs) um so this is produced by kevin feige duh um screenplay by christopher marcus and stephen mcfeely who you will remember did winter soldier i i think they did first avenger as well um first avenger being captain america first avenger not the first avenger movie so okay and then we have music by henry jackman which if you listen to last week's episode that's the guy who did the music for puss in boots Oh, cool. So we have a back-to-back, same composer, different franchises. Cool. Kind of fun. Um, music. It, did you have any thoughts on it? Because I had I had. I feel a like remembering there were some pretty cool parts. Like the the battle scene between Iron Man, Captain America, yeah. and Bucky were, was pretty powerful. Yeah, I think um, it's not like 100% no, amazing. I'm not going to go listen to it's it. It's not like the Black Panther score or something where yeah. you're like, holy crap. But um, it was good. Mm-hmm. I think it was a solid score. And it, I Usually remember... Don't notice them in Marvel movies. Yeah. Um, in Phase 2, like in the Phase 1, beginning of Phase 2, there was kind of this whole talk about how, um, at least on the internet, how like Marvel had bad soundtrack, like scores, yeah. not soundtracks, um, and that people wished that they would have good scores. And um, this is the phase where, in my opinion, they actually they take note of that and they're like, "Let's make good scores." I mean, having said that, now they have an Oscar in their belt on scores now. In their belt. On their belt, because they have utility belts you and they set them though. on in their belts. Okay. In their belts. That's so an interesting point. Yeah. Um, cinematography: Trent Opalock, who did Endgame and Winter Soldier. So it seems like we have a team that's been doing those movies. Um, Uh, Distributed by Walt Disney Studios Motion Picture and production studio Marvel Studios. Uh, This comes out May 6th, 2016. It's already three years old. Kind of crazy. I graduated college that year. (gasps) That month. I graduated college that month. And you didn't go to the theaters to see this? No, of course not. I didn't either. Who cares? Um, well, I'm just I'm speaking that as the Jordan from 2016. Okay, because now we're like first in line I'm like, for who Marvel cares? movies now. Give me a cannoli. Because <laughs> she was in Boston. Uh, budget is 250 million. So we are we're starting to get to that point where all the movies are like 
so expensive. Um, domestically, the movie makes four hundred and eight million eighty four thousand three hundred forty nine dollars worldwide. It makes one billion one hundred fifty three million three hundred four thousand four hundred ninety five million. Only that much. That's so nuts. That is so much money. Um, and we here's what else we got. Chris Evans. He gets paid fifteen million for this movie. That's it. And then I believe from this here on, he gets paid fifteen on all the movies. What about Robert? Um, well, one hundred billion. When you go over the actors, I'm gonna jump on Robert because I feel like at this point I remember hearing something about twenty million dollars with okay. Robert Downey. Wow, that's pretty close to Chris Evans. That's still twenty five percent more than him. He's, he always makes sure he gets paid. Talk about a civil war. war. Oh, funny. <laughs> um, okay, so then now we have some of the the um, the, the nitty gritty of this production. We have uh, they wanted the film to combine the looks of First Avenger and Winter Soldier. I think they didn't really do. <laughs> Why that. Why would they want to do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, when it, remember First Avenger looks really good. Ugh. They were still shooting. Uh, that, that one's a good one. No, I mean, it's definitely better than Winter Soldier. But yeah, I'm talking Captain America: First Avenger, not the Avengers movie. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I you know that, that one has like good. a fun feel. Um, um, it was I. Re- oh yes, I just remember that when they announced Black Panther, the internet freaked out. Everyone oh, was like, okay. "No way!" Um, and then if Downey wasn't available, they were going to. Okay, so the premise of the film would have centered on Zemo detonating the Mad Bomb, which would turn hordes of people into berserkers to present a physical threat to Captain America while still pitting heroes against each other as some would be zombified due to the Mad Bomb to satisfy an emotional component for the film. Whoa, <laughs> that's nuts. Um, that seems very um, DC weird weirdness. Yeah, it, yeah, it does. That's a good good point. Um so John Watts, the director of Spider-Man Homecoming, vi- okay. visited the set to make sure the wardrobe and bedroom for Spider-Man was like cohesive with what he was imagining for his movie. Um, um oh. and Rousseau's claim that they never created a plan B for if they couldn't get the Spider-Man rights to the movie. Because if you'll remember at this time, Sony owns the rights to Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm saying because the audience might No, know. no, I'm just, I'm remembering as you're oh, yeah. saying it too. Because um, so, I remember that all, I remember the news and stuff. And Sony still owns the rights. Yeah. And as far as we know, they're not allowing Disney to have the rights anymore as of this moment. I hope by the time this podcast comes out, it's Disney changed. and Sony have made a new deal. But they made a deal with them to like split profits. Um, and so then Spider-Man was announced to be in this movie. Um, which was huge. And what's funny about that, though, is as we were watching the movie, he really feels like he's thrown in there. It does not feel like oh, yeah, we, he was there well, we at the beginning about of the script. Things they could get rid of. Because yeah, I remember I said that, I don't know, half kind of seems like a lot right now. But a third of this movie is just setting up future movies. So yeah. if you're going to cut out, because this movie needs to be cut down, it's too long, mm-hmm. there's too much going on. That's the first thing you cut out is all yeah. of the setup. Because, yeah, I mean, it's like, I that's the only purpose I see. Because it's like, we know what he can do. Why do we need to see it in a battle? Like, you can't tell me that's a reason. Yeah, I yeah, I don't think he makes sense to put in this movie. And even if well, I did... Well, same with Ant-Man, though. Like, if I put him in the movie, I think I would take the Ant-Man approach where... And it would also be more surprising as a viewer, where, like, the whole movie, maybe 
Iron Man's like, I got someone that's going to be helping us out. And he just keeps talking about it, but he yeah. never meets him. And then he just shows up in the battle. And then maybe there's a little scene. Because Homecoming's such a better intro to that character than this well, it's, movie. It's just, think about it. It is insane that they spent runtime on this movie on Marissa Tomei. They spent runtime <laughs> yeah. on this movie to introduce her as a character. Yeah. Who cares? She, I mean, we'll get into her when we get to Spider-Man. Yeah. Before anything, though, like, I like Marissa Tomei. She's a good actress, but she, there is, she, she is way too, I feel like they, I wish they had gotten someone less big, mm -hmm. apparently, because she is way too big for these series. Way too big. Yeah. And too I, hot. But yeah. we'll get into that part. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll cover that bridge when we get there. Um, But anyway, all that to say, I think it's weird that, because it does feel like they they had a plan B and the plan B was just not having him in the movie if yeah. they didn't get the rights. Um, and then Anthony Rousseau uh, explained that Paltrow's contract with Marvel had ended after Iron Man 3 and they decided early on that they could make um, a pepper breakup with Tony Stark, have an emotional impact without having her in the movie. They did a good job. What's funny though is... So we have, I don't know if this is like something the Rousseaus are really into or something, um, except for Endgame, um, but there's so much that's in their stories and movies of the Marvel series that they leave off screen. Yeah. And it's stuff that would be much more powerful if we knew about it. Yeah. I mean, the whole like key to this movie and Winter Soldier is Bucky, and most of the things that happen to him are off screen. Yeah. As far as emotional development with him or he just kind of is like oh yeah hey cap okay i'm your friend now and it's like what well you have to remember all of the stuff they set up in the, the first captain america yeah i mean they did a good job at showing that they're best friends i know i just don't feel I, but i, I don't I, feel the connection with bucky and i think i agree with you but i think that they're they think that's good enough yeah all the stuff that they set up well and, and it's the same with like wanda and vision yeah. They they in this movie like not friends and the next time we see them is they're in a relationship. Avengers Endgame and I mean uh Infinity War and it's like, "Oh, I guess they like each other." Next time we see um Paltrow is in Homecoming and she's like, "Hey, let's get married." And it's like, "Oh, okay, so I guess Oh, they don't even address it." Well, I think she says an offhanded comment like, "I thought we were over" or something dumb like that mm. where it's like, "Okay, and I understand they have contracts, so they have to figure some of this stuff out. But yeah. that was actually something where I was thinking the whole movie. I'm like, it. In movies like this, sometimes you can tell when like a contract hasn't been signed. Because you know what they should have done in this movie. What uh, to establish more of the Bucky Cap relationship uh -huh. was show like the start. How does the movie start? Oh, that's how it starts. I, okay, like either start the movie or halfway through the movie. And that's a little late show a, a flashback of Bucky and Steve, mm -hmm. but not, not like a recycled scene from the first movie, but like an actual, like they shot this memory. Yeah. Well, you know, it would have been cool, which is, I think what you were just saying, and then you change your mind. Um, Recycling it, a scene. No. Um, that they shoot like, like the first like five minutes are them like in Brooklyn as, as friends. That's yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Something like that. And mm -hmm. and maybe there's some like line that they say that comes back later in the movie and um Well just something as then like I am always always know that you're gonna be my best friend. 
<laughs> and they have the accent, the southern accent too. That's, You're gonna be my best friend. Well, it's like Steve. I'm, I'm always gonna know your heart, brother, because mm-hmm. that's what it seems like the whole time. Because it's like Bucky is brainwashed and he did all these terrible things, but Steve is like, I know you. Yeah. And I know you would you wouldn't do that. And mm-hmm. that's part of hit like Bucky's internal struggle, which I think he does a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. But look, can I get to my part and then we'll Let's, talk about? The yeah, movie. yeah, I'm I'm ready to jump in. This movie's got a lot of actors in it, in case you haven't watched it. Or maybe you have and you forgot. <laughs> I only focused on a handful because we've gone over a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So Chadwick Boseman is introduced as Black Panther. Um, he, well, pretty, I would say pretty well known by the time this comes out because, well, he's in this movie called The Kill Hole. I don't know why I wrote that down. The Kill Hole? I guess it must have looked important. But then he's in 42 in 2013. Uh-huh. And prior to this he's in like every tv show every crime show Mm -hmm. so he's in 42 which is the jackie robinson movie and then in 2014 he's in draft day and get on up and get on ups about oh james brown james brown and then 2015 he's in gods of egypt which i don't remember you saw that movie pretty sure i saw that movie because christian bale was in it no that's um Exodus Gods and Kings. Oh, remember well, actually, around the same time, movie. around the same time they oh, came out with that. Okay, yeah, no, I haven't seen weird those movie. Movies. Um, then the next year's this movie. Right. See, I think this was more like critically, people were like, "This guy's a guy to watch," and this is the movie that a general audience is, is begins to recognize him. You know what role I want him to be in? Uh, like soon after all this is over. Mm-hmm. Cause well I know he's getting a sequel and stuff, but yeah. um, and uh, what's the guy from Get Out? What's his name? Daniel Kaluuya. I want him to do a role like his in Widows. Oh yeah. Because I, I want to see if he can do it. Like a haunted, weird role. Really weird. I and I, I just because I want to see if he can do it. Yeah. Um. Okay. Then we're on to Tom Holland. Oh yeah. Who's yeah. a British boy? In case no one knows, although everyone knows. Yeah, that. everybody knows that. Um, he's in the Secret World of Arietti. Okay. So it's a Miyazaki movie. It um, is not a Miyazaki movie. It is a Studio Ghibli movie. Oh, sorry. Movie. Stu- yeah. Stu's move. Uh, this one's kind of a crazy one. He's in Locke. He's in... Oh, he's a voice in mm-hmm. Locke? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. That's a really... Everyone should see the movie. It's super... Just a, a great character you know, study. It's funny is you've mentioned that movie before. Oh, on well, this I'll podcast. mention it again. Mad, and I'm also going to mention Tom Cruise right now. <laughs> Done. <laughs> And then he's in this movie called How I Live Now, which is with uh, Saoirse Ronan, mm. which looks kind of good. And then I wanted to show you this cute picture of him with her. Oh, my gosh. Isn't he so adorable? <laughs> well, that's... He's, he's, he's if we remember, boy, If we so remember, cute. we'll have to, like, tweet that or something. Yeah. On the day should, this comes out. because I don't have Twitter. Um, Ooh, and then he's in... In the Heart of the Sea, which is that Ron Howard Moby Dick oh, movie. Oh, with Crims, Crims Hemsworth, yeah. Chris Hemsworth. Um, and then the next, and then it's Civil War. Okay. So he's he's done quite a bit, and yeah. I of course didn't do everything. Um, and then you have Daniel Brule, and I also need to look up a, a picture for this one too. So he doesn't go by Danny Brule. That's just something I, think I that's concocted. Something that we do. Oh, okay. For fun. Um, he's in Rush. Know that that kind of. I'm not there yet. Okay. He's in a lot of German TV and film because he's German and Spanish. I thought he was just Spanish, but he's also German. He's Spanish? I thought he was just German. <laughs> I always thought he was Spanish. He's I this... can't believe it's not butter. Okay. <laughs> um, he's in this movie called Goodbye Lennon that I've always wanted to see. That's about John Lennon, right? No. Oh, it's not? No, like Lennon, the Russian. Oh. 
Did, were you serious? I was serious, yeah. Oh, no. It's good by Lenin. I thought it was about the killer who killed John Lennon. That's no. what I was thinking in my head. The premise is about his mom wakes up from a coma, and he's trying... I think the movie's about him trying to either hide all, hide all of the like East Berlin, West Berlin stuff from her, or tr- figuring out a way to tell her about it. Oh. Because she... Like she was in a coma when all of that stuff happened. Okay. So it sounds it sounds That's an interesting really interesting, premise. and it's yeah. got a pretty good score. I think. I think. Okay. And then he's in this movie called Ladies in Lavender. <laughs> I just have to show you the poster. Oh no, Judy Dench! Wow. And that's Professor horrible. McGonagall from yeah. Harry Potter. Yeah, that's. And then this is the premise. Two sisters befriend a mysterious foreigner who washes up on the beach of their 1930s Cornish seaside village. Kidding? I'm in. No, I'm not. I'll never watch that. It looks so. What was the name of it again? Ladies in Lavender. Okay, I'll watch it. It'll, they look fun. Um, and then he's in Born Ultimatum, 2007. This. Mm-hmm. And Glorious Bastards, 2009. Ultimatum. Um, 2013. He's in Rush in the Fifth Estate. And then he's in A Most Wanted Man in 2014, which I don't remember. Oh, yeah. I don't think you saw that movie. I don't think I finished it. You didn't finish it. That was it. Was it because I was bored or just because I couldn't? I think you were bored. It was kind of boring. It was um, Philip Seymour Hoffman's last. Yeah. He was really good. That was my thing. I was like, this movie's really boring. I don't want to finish it, but he's really good. (laughs) Yeah. It was a a pretty boring movie, but he he was crazy good. Yeah. And he had a Russian accent and he like completely nailed it. Yeah. And then he's in a movie called Burnt, that one where um, Bradley Cooper is a chef. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of chef movies during that time. Mm-hmm. That became a big thing. That's John Favreau, why? Yeah, he started it, maybe. Um, and then I wrote down Martin Freeman, although I didn't really look him up. Yeah, this is, uh, but this he's is in, Sherlock. He's in, oh, yeah, he's in Sherlock. He's Watson. That's like his claim to fame. Well, also The, the Office. Oh, yeah. That's his claim to fame. And then also Hobbit. Yeah. Is that before this? Oh, yeah. Definitely. It is. For, I didn't even look up to confirm. Yeah. Hobbit's like 12, I think. 2012. End, which I don't remember when that came out. But I feel like it was before 2015. Yeah. Yeah. And then. I forgot he's in that. And I, he's in Hot Fuzz. Oh, he's so good. Yeah. I know. And, I'm cutting you off. Sorry. <laughs> then I wrote Marissa Tomei and just wrote My Cousin Vinny. <laughs> he's got a lot of acting credits. Yeah. I'm she, kind of dreading it for Spider-Man. Yeah. She's also in an episode of Seinfeld when George is fantasizing about her and she pops up. So she is in that episode. She mm-hmm. does show up. That's so cool. Yeah. And only for like two a seconds bit. or something. Two seconds. Exactly. 2.5. Um, okay. So Captain America Civil War. The movie begins. There's no logos this time. You see this character driving and then you see he's Winter Soldier. So I like how that scene's done. It feels very mob mafia. Yeah. This is when I'm like, oh, I've. I know this movie kind of famously has kind of a bad color, like lighting and coloring. Really? Because I didn't think that. I mean, there were some parts I thought that, but the movie looks good. Well, the I think the main thing is people have pointed out how ugly the airport scene is, and they kind of have put it around that the yes. whole movie. Yes. But um, at this at the beginning, I'm like, am I gonna be like disagreeing with most people on this? Because the beginning shot, you're like, this looks cool. It's kind of like this yellowish greenish hue. Yeah. And he makes nice. this car crash, and he goes into the back and pulls out. Some stuff that we don't know what it is. Some stuff. And then it says present day um, Logos, I think. Lagos. Yeah, that sounds right. Which is in Africa. I'm not even going to guess. No, I'm I'm pretty sure it was. 
It was like in the more deserty part of Af- so Africa. Basically, the Avengers are there. Well, the Avengers being Scarlet Witch, um, Captain America, Captain America, Black Widow, and uh, uh, Falcon. So like the yeah. the, the, the his Cap crew, guys, his crew of people, kind of. Um, the, the Winter Soldier people are back. Okay, she's not in Winter Soldier, but never mind. You're right. But anyway, so they now. they they come in and they're doing like the secret mission, and it's very reminiscent of um, Winter Soldier, kind of how that movie starts with a pretty intense sequence. This one's much better. It's much better, and um, it looks you, better. It does look better. You might be surprised to find out that this first action sequence takes place in daylight. But there's like a deserty hue to it. Yeah, no, They've no, it looks, it looks, one. it looks way better. And they're yeah. trying to get this chemical, which isn't super important, right? Um, well, it becomes important, mm-hmm. yes. Later on in the movie, the chemical, well, uh, like in the in this scene. Well, just because of what happens, not because yeah. of what the chemicals for. They're just trying to get this chemical from terrorists. Yeah. And some of these people from t- who are the terrorists are past Hydra people, or they're still Hydra people. I'm pretty unclear about all that. Yeah, because that one guy is from Hydra. Yeah, so they have the guy from uh, the elevator scene in Winter Soldier, um, and he's back. I'm just going to remember that. Uh, yeah, you are. If you're listening this far, you remember. And he, he's kind of the, he's the guy that when you look at him, you just imagine him pushing you and calling you a nerd in a New York accent. That's what he looks like. Okay. Um, and uh, so he, he has like this new outfit. He looks really cool. And they basically chase him around. And I just said, like, the sequence is pretty cool. It's still a little janky for my, like, personal preference. But otherwise, it's a pretty cool action sequence. I thought it was pretty dang cool. The the funny thing is watching it, though, when, again, I I compare it to John Wick. I compare it to um, uh, Mission Impossible. It's just, like, there are certain sequences. Like, there there's one spot where... Um, Scarlett Johansson is by a car and there's like seven shots in it and she like fights these guys. Oh yeah. And there's only one shot where you can see her face yeah. and you're like, oh, she there wasn't even happened, there for that day. <laughs> there is something that happened before this present day scene because the pre- the past thing was 1991 mm-hmm. and Bug- they showed that Buggy was brainwashed using certain words from a book. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's important. important. Yeah. Don't, but you don't know what it means. Cool looking book. Other than you, you're sure it's just some code. Mm-hmm. spoken in russian that kind of like well it looks like it kind of like resets them yeah or, that's what it is unless we find that out later um and then let's try not to fixate on every scene because this movie's so freaking yeah, long you're right you're right um so how this scene ends is with like basically there's this guy he's gonna the the terrorist he's going to um kill himself in a bomb and scarlet witch like stops him and she kind of like throws them away from people. Yeah, with her telekinesis. She, yeah, but she throws them into a building, and the building ex- well, part of the building explodes, killing people. Yeah. And I thought that it was good that they showed her her reaction to it. Oh yeah, because it sh- it shows like, at least for her. I mean, and she's pretty new to all of it too. But like, because we've gone through twelve movies mm-hmm. of a lot of destruction of cities and undoubtedly people. Yeah. And you never really question it that much mm-hmm. because they never make a big deal about it. But this is like the response. But this to all is that. the response to all of it. So they show her reaction. I thought that was really good that they did that at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So you find out that they killed like 13 Wakandans in the building mm-hmm. or so. So then. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So to, for like basically the UN, it was kind of like that was the last, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we need to regulate superheroes. This is getting out of hand. Too many innocent people are dying because of them. 
Yeah. Which, of course, some of them are arguing, we've prevented more people from dying because of us. Yes. But it's kind of like, at what cost? And so this is, if I may, jump yeah. in. Because I... So in the comic books... So I, I do have a huge problem with this movie because they call it Civil War, and I think they just should have not called it that. Yeah. Because, um, again, I think... I may have said this in previous episodes, but if you're going to adapt something, um, as long as you... Um, I, I think with... Well, with comic books, I think you can kind of do whatever you want to do. But a lot of times... Like, if you name it after something, there is a certain sense of, like, where you're going to go with it. Mm -hmm. And they do make a conflict between Tony and Cap, which is cool. Yeah, but it's more... It, it, like, at the beginning of it's like, oh, it's because they disagree on registering heroes. Cap doesn't yeah. want to. He thinks it's wrong. Um, Iron Man's like, no, I think it's right. And then it becomes personal. Yeah. So it's kind of like pick a lane. Yeah. With, but with when the movie. in the in the comic books, there's this group of um, people that are trying to make this reality TV show, and they they mess up, and these villains like this villain named Nitro blows up, and it kills a ton of people uh -huh. in this area, and it it kills like sixty kids. Yeah. So Tony's like. And and the courts of America are like we have to, um the the heroes have to register with us, yeah. Um, which requires them to give up their secret identity to, um, the, the government, and so Captain America goes on the side of like this isn't freedom, this is not good, and Iron Man is like we need to be held responsible because we're causing problems. Yeah. Well, I think in the movie, well, and I think I think that's super cool. Um, but, but what I really like is a lot of what the civil war in the comics deals with is, um, identities and how people are going to have to give up their identities and how that's going to affect their families. Okay. So yeah. like Spider-Man sides with Iron Man and in doing so he unmasks in front of the public and then he's worried because now Aunt May and Mary Jane are in danger and all these heroes are talking about it like, um, and so it, it provides this really interesting tension, but the problem is um, in the cinematic universe, um, identities have never really been that important. And I think they, mm -hmm. they state that with their opening thesis in Iron Man. He says, I am Iron Man at the end of the movie, and he says, I'm Tony Stark. Yeah. And from then on, it's like most people know who Steve Rogers is. Everyone knows who Black Widow is. Um, Falcon, maybe some people know. It just like identities have never been a big part of this series. True. So it probably actually wouldn't make a lot of sense. Point. Yeah, it probably wouldn't make a lot of sense for them to make the Civil War about that. Yeah. Um, but it, as a fan, it's a little bit of a bummer because I really like that story, and I I think I just kind of wish they didn't call it that really that's kind of my only beef because now it's like they're not gonna make a civil war movie because yeah. they already made one well, especially since the movie is like like we said two movies in one there's two huge different things going on with it just don't mm -hmm. like put it under one umbrella yeah call, just call it something else that's not like definitive and and the other thing is i i would argue that i think the civil if they were a little more true to the comic books and again i don't like getting into like because I think that these movies should be different than the comics. you're looking at it like a missed opportunity more than like, it's bad because they didn't do it. Yes, yes. Because I, I hate when I have conversations with people and they're like, well, actually in the comics, Thanos did this. And I'm like, I don't care as long as it's a good story. I'm saying this story I think is fundamentally not as good. Uh -huh. And I'm trying to find a solution to that. Mm 
But in the comics, or I mean in this, I think they should have saved Civil War for after and made it like what Phase 4 builds up to. Oh, interesting. Because they would have had this whole like planetary into the world with Thanos and then have a problem that's only on Earth. Yeah. Would have like brought the series down and yeah. and they would have had more heroes cuz the fun part in the comic books is you're reading you're reading like what Wolverine is reacting to. You're reading Spider-Man, then you're going to Cap, then you're going to and there's so many heroes and it affects them all differently, so there's so many different views. And in this movie it's like 12 heroes. So it doesn't t- to me I'm unsatisfied. Yeah. Um so that poses the question of how do they convey that the heroes are being affected emotionally by all this stuff going on. So with Scarlet Witch, you have her reaction to what she did to the building because she knows that she definitely killed people. So there's that. Mm -hmm. And then I like what they did with Iron Man because it gives him, and I'm kind of like throwing out everything you just said because it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's kind of like, this is what we have. So we have to work with it. Yes. So like, I like what they did to give him a clear motive as to why he would be the one to want to, to register. Cause you would always, you would think like Iron Man is going to want to register. Tony Stark seems like the last person who would want to give up his identity and all that stuff. Cause a lot of the, it's not like it's going to make him give up all of his um, technology. That's not what it means. Mm-hmm. But a lot of his movies are about him being unwilling to share information. That's and true, now he's yeah. suddenly going to because he runs into. I was going to bring up the actress. Her name is. Oh, this Alfrey, is a very good scene. Alfred Woodard, which I never knew that was her name. Um, it was right after he gives his presentation at the college, and he mm-hmm. goes to the elevator in the hallway, meets this woman, and she she slaps her son's picture on his chest and said that. Basically, he was in Sokovia. You killed him. You're res- well, not well. She said, "You are responsible for my son's death." And then she just walks away. And it's so yeah. powerful because, especially because Robert Downey Jr. is such a good actor. Oh yeah, he really like internalizes it, really, it so well. Yeah, it really impacted him. He so, does some heavy lifting in this movie. He's, he's so good. really good. It's such great character development because that's such a it's a different Tony Stark. This movie, mm-hmm. he does his a little bit of his pat like his old jokes like sarcasm, but. Most of the time, he's just trying to convince Steve to to register. Yeah. And, and not in a funny way. He's like, no, the jokes are over now. We yeah, need to yeah, talk. Yeah, this is serious. Um, and and it, in that presentation he does, just to mention, it's fun watching it now because we find out later that Mysterio from Far From Home is the one who invented the technology we, he was talking about. We're supposed to save that for the Spider-Man. No, we got to say it now. It's so Spoiler fun. for some people. Oh... I mean, come on. Let's get on with the movie. Okay. So Avengers, I'm calling them Avengers. William Hurt returns from the Hulk. Okay. Oh, I guess that's true. Um, so <laughs> he gets all of the Avengers together and tells them it's called the what? The Sokovia Accords. The Sokovia Accords. You guys need, the UN is meeting in three days to talk about it and they're all going to pass it and you guys need to register and if you don't register, you're a criminal. Mm-hmm. You're considered a criminal and you will be wanted. Yeah. Because you, then you'll be considered not a superhero, but a vigilante. Yes. Um, and something that's interesting is the, is the fact you know, that you just mentioned that Tony is so gung-ho about it. Like, he wants them to sign it. What's fascinating is I kind of read that as him overcompensating. Because when you look at the disasters they're talking about, besides the one that happens at the beginning of this movie, the Sokovia Accords are because of Ultron. Mm-hmm. And he created Ultron. Mm-hmm. 
um, Hulk getting mad and destroying that city in Africa is because of Ultron, which is his problem. Oh, was um, that something that was mentioned that didn't happen? No, but I'm just blumping it in because remember Hulk and him like destroyed that city in Avengers Age of, Age of Ultron? Oh, yeah. They like that destroyed part. an entire yeah. city. Um, it, but, it's like besides the Battle of New York, like all the big things have been Tony Stark's as a result yeah, of Tony Stark. Yeah, totally. Like, and he's the reason they happened. What's interesting is I feel like he conveyed well in just an expression when mm-hmm. that woman confronted him. It wasn't as if he had never thought about it before and he'd never thought about his actions. It's as if he had been ignoring him this whole time and someone yeah. finally forced him, him to confront it. And that's why he's overcompensating because he's no, he knows that he's been affecting people. I mean, that's kind of the Tony Stark thing where he doesn't really care, mm-hmm. but this is different. This is people's lives, not people's feelings. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely, you can tell that it's like, this is something as, as if he's been putting it off. Yeah. And he is now like, okay, I'm being forced to deal with it and I'm going to, I'm going to deal with it. Yeah. And then Steve, who you would think would be all for this because he's America's boy. You, you would think. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, he is very against it because that's an invasion of privacy. Yeah, which so again is, is very his, American. <laughs> it's his great like arc on the whole series is mm-hmm. he is like the idealized what an American should be in those different points and times. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just so interesting this whole series. Like Tony is the reason like most of the bad things happen. Mm-hmm. Um. Like both Spider-Man villains, you know, you know, like you can go through, and it's like mostly his fault. And I think that makes, funny enough, I think it makes the series more interesting. That when you go back, you're like, if Tony never left that cave in Iron Man, like half of these things wouldn't have happened. Which is ironic because a lot of what what inspired him to become Iron Man was to stop be- doing what his dad was doing, which was killing people because his dad was selling weapons. Yeah. And ironically, he continued to affect people's lives. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's different. Um, different intentions. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's not intending to hurt people, with with how he's changing his dad's industry. But it is like history repeating itself. Yeah, and and I'm curious if now that he is gone, if the series is going to be. We've already mentioned. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, she gave me the dirtiest look, and I'm like, we've already done spoilers in phase two. Um, now that he is dead, uh, Tony Stark died. Um, I wonder if, if a lot more of the threats are going to be caused by other people or if they'll be just because someone is threatening, mm-hmm. you know, like Thanos, like Thanos is threatening because he's threatening. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just kind of wonder how the, how the series is going to go from here. Yeah. Um, so let's move forward past the first scene <laughs> of yeah. the movie. We are doing good well, no, stuff we're though. Past this, the first this is a great podcast. This is going to win us our golden potty. Yeah. Um, Zemo gets the book that was in the beginning of the movie in Cleveland. Uh, Peggy Carter dies. Yeah. And in London, her niece just gives an expository speech that specifically is uh, um, just tell- cut, cut. telling Cap like how to react to the Sokovia yeah. Accords. It has nothing to do with Completely her Completely cut out her character. Completely cut. Like if, if I agree. Since I saw where they took her. Part of this episode is about how we can cut down the movie. Cut her out. Also, I am livid, livid that they would have 
feelings for each other. Like I know I am livid. That they kiss at the end. I am livid of that. Captain America, Steve, no, not Captain America, Steve Rogers, because they have made it so clear his love for Peggy as if like there is no other woman for me. <laughs> they made that so clear. And then he just makes out with her niece. Which is also just and weird. And you can't tell me that's just him dealing with grief because it's not. It's weird. It's so ridiculous. And then she's not going to, she's never coming back. Yeah. That character, she's done. Honestly, that's one of those. There, there's like three or four of those throughout the series where it's like, let's just pretend that never happened. Yeah, because they were like, maybe this can turn into something, and it's like it never should have been anything in the first no, place. No, it's weird. Okay, I'm done yelling about that. Um, Bucky put a vent. Va- yeah. Okay. So then. So what's going on is Bucky is loose, and they're trying to track down Bucky because they believe that Bucky is gonna do something. Well, and they they he. He quote unquote blew up a bomb that yes. kills um at Black Panther's dad. Yes. Um and at the UN convention. Yeah. Um and yeah. there's a big chase scene that when when we put in the DVD, there was actually an ad for Audi, the the car yeah. company. But they were showing the shots and they were like behind the scenes shots. And a lot of that scene, especially in the tunnel, is all practical. Yeah, that was and I was nice really impressed. You can look at behind the scenes, the tunnel, the tunnel sequence. Um, a lot of that is practical. Mm-hmm. And you you could actually tell in this movie that a lot more of it was oh practical gosh, than, yeah. than even Winter Soldier. Oh my gosh, yeah. So, I mean... It, <laughs> but seriously, yeah. That was cool. Yeah, um, that whole part was cool. So what's going on... It takes place in the daytime. Is, yeah, it's true. <laughs> but at least they t- it takes place under an underpass half the time. Yeah. More controlled lighting. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... Before, so Steve is trying to tell Bucky to run, right? Or he's, he's, remember he's with Bucky in that apartment and he's basically trying to be like, oh, cause Bucky doesn't really remember him yet. Oh, or yeah, he's yeah. lying that he does. And the, he's trying to get him to leave. Cause they're I coming forgot about for him. that whole scene. That sequence but, is cool. Yeah. Freaking cool. And Bucky's basically like, he, it's, it's like, we've talked about, you know, he's kind of a wasted character because they've set up so much off screen that we don't really know what he's going on, what's going on. So we don't really know what he's feeling, but I'm guessing that he's yeah. feeling conflicted about, he knew that he's done a lot of bad things being brainwashed, mm-hmm. but he, it's as if he, he remembers it all. And it's as if he is trying to come to terms with either like, just like killing himself or just hiding it and being a recluse for the rest of his life. Yeah. Which obviously isn't like possible because he's well, tracked. And there is that cool moment, which you're kind of talking about at the end of the movie when Tony's like, did you even remember killing my parents? And he goes, I remember all of them. Mm -hmm. So he's saying like, even though he was brainwashed, he remembers like everything he did. So Mm -hmm. he's, he has those haunted demons. Unfortunately, it's one line, whereas it'd be cool if the whole movie, we could actually like learn that about him instead of him just saying that. He does mention that earlier too, but it's a mention when he's with Captain America in that jet. And yeah, I think true. Captain America is just trying to convince him, like, that's not who you were. You, you were never that person. Yeah. That was a different person because of what they did to you. And he's like, doesn't change the fact that I remember it happening. Like, I remember doing everything that I did. Honestly, what maybe could have been a cool rewrite is if him and Black Widow had to do something together because they both share that in common. Oh, remember, I like that. And her whole past she is, is the, like, the Avengers unpaid psychiatrist say more about this because you are so right if you think about it in pretty much every movie i don't know about iron man 2 she's mostly just sex for that movie but whenever someone feels down and out of their luck or grieving or anything she is always the one who was putting a hand on someone's shoulder Mm -hmm. giving them words of encouragement just being a presence 
Yeah, being a friend. Being She's a, a friend. friend. She and we we gave her a big fat thumbs up in this movie. Well, and, and we're continuing to do that throughout the series besides Iron Man 2. Yeah, I'm I'm willing to go on record now that I think I think Black Widow's cool and I like her in the series. Linda, I, I I still think there's still stuff and if you listen to our previous episodes, we discuss it, but especially from this point on, because I had no problems with her in Infinity War and in Endgame, she like totally brings it. Yeah. And I have to say, like, I'm pretty excited about the Black Widow movie now. It still seems a little risky to me, but it's like I it's and she's it's, done so much, just she's earned it. And it's also directed by a woman, so I'm hoping they're not gonna go for the sex appeal. You know who? Um uh Kate is her first name. I don't know her last name. But um You talking I'm just gonna so leave it to who I'm hoping. I, I've changed my mind about her, which is kinda cool. Um <laughs> That is cool, Mike. <laughs> it is cool. Um if we ever want to be on the pod, Scarlet, we'd be happy to have you. Um Jack Kate, Kate something. Did you look up Black... The movie's just called Black Widow. Oh, it's David Harbour. This looks like Jack Nicholson. And I was like, no, there's no way. He's like done. <laughs> that would be amazing if they brought Jack Nicholson out of retirement. Oh. Are you going to tell us? You're, oh, you, you're Kate there. Kate Shortland. Kate Shortland. I was hoping it would be the girl who did... Captain Marvel? No, that Joaquin Phoenix movie. Oh, that would be crazy. What is that movie called? Uh, You Were Never Really Here. She also did. I don't think I want her to just do her own thing, though. Yeah, but I like, would think only... about how gritty that movie would be. Well, yeah, it, it would be but too she gritty. Also though. did Lynn Ramsey. Lynn Ramsey did. We need to talk about Kevin. That's right. And you need to make me watch that. I don't know if I can watch the movie again. Um. So one thing I want to mention in our uh, Ultron episode, we talked about Scarlet Witch's accent, and there's a scene in this movie where her and Vision are cooking, and you can actually hear as the scene progresses her slowly lose her accent. I guess the argument is she just has spent so much time in America that she just lost it. Yeah, I'm gonna. And go she that. never really had it to begin with, but no. she must have been watching a lot of uh, American TV. Just to, I mean, she was holed up in that. Out, penthouse thing so what else is she gonna do yeah and then we'll watch um, mary kate and ashley movies oh sisters <laughs> yes yes we talked about that last time jordan so again tony urges steve to sign uh, we find out that zemo was behind the bombing to ensure that winter soldier is captured because zemo um kills a psychiatrist who was supposed to come in and interview Winter Soldier, and now that he has the book, he has the words that will activate him, mm -hmm. which I like all this. Mm -hmm. And he reactivates him while he's in custody. Well, and the whole time, too, because I don't remember a lot of what's going on. I'm like, what is he doing? The Zemo yeah. guy, other than like being bad and wanting to kill people. But, uh, but, I, but I'm like... I gotta say, uh, yeah, on the first viewing, it was like, why do they keep going back to this I guy? And on this viewing, it's kind of cool, because he doesn't... Well, they purposely don't tell you what his motive is. He's just behind the scenes, like, doing weird stuff, and you're like, who is this guy? What is he doing? Is he doing? What is Zemo up to? So, yeah, he, he does that. It makes um, Bucky oh, also, escape. Yeah, but Chris Evans is also technically captured, too, with him. Right? Uh, No, like, that's later. He's not... Well, no, when Bucky is captured, Steve is in the conference room with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, they're Bobby. just hanging out. And then, but that's at the same time Bucky's captured. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, Oh, that's Steve, when he puts Steve, down the pen and he's Steve like, I won't sign it. captured, quote unquote, but he is like brought in. Yes, yes. Yeah, you're right. Because he's captured. 
Um, so yeah, they have another argument I guess about it. It is an okay adaption of Civil War. I just, as a fan, I, I'm it's a little too long about and it. it's too confusing. Um, but they have another conversation. They have another argument about their differing opinions, and they don't change their opinions. Yeah, and then Bucky gets out. Bucky gets out, and Captain America grabs his helicopter and grabs the helicarrier. And there's that kind of a, a little bit more on the famous shot where he's got the huge bicep. And then it makes That's the helicopter. Man. Yeah, it makes the helicopter crash, and then they fall into the water. And this time, it's a reversal of Winter Soldier. Captain America pulls Bucky out of the water, and that's cool. And then we cut to. Well, well, then we find out that there's more Winter Soldiers that Hydra made. Yeah, that'll come into play later. Yeah, and then we cut to. Was that when we find out that's what Bucky was getting when he crashed that car? We find that out. Yeah, that's least. like the serum. He, he, he was, was getting, getting the serum from this car. I think we actually find that out later, but that's okay. Well, there, there were like two different times they flash back to it. Yeah. Which they probably could have cut that out too. Cut out the f- one of those. It but, was always kind of, I liked it. No, every I think time it's a it great, up, that means a great scene. I didn't mind watching it because it was aesthetically pleasing and very well done. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you could have cut down one of them. I'm trying to snip snap this movie down. Yeah. It's too long. Uh, then. We cut to Queens, and you hear some Alt J playing, and you see That's a Alt teenage J. kid. Yeah, um, teenage kid come into his apartment, and Tony Stark's there, and it's Spider Man, and Tony recruits him. And I like the fact that Tony's been ha- has him under surveillance. Yes, that's fun, and it is cool. This is the beginning of their father son relationship. Chemistry is so wonderful. They're, yeah, they have crazy chemistry. Yeah, it's so great. It'd be very cool if they did a movie together outside of this. Yeah, Micah it, showed me. A, it'd be very a, fun if they did like a buddy cop movie. Yeah, I that would, would be good. I would lo- directed by Shane Black. Oh yeah, that would be good. <laughs> that would, that's my dream movie. Micah, now. while the scene was going on, Micah showed me a picture from Tom Holland's Instagram account of him hiking with Robert Downey Jr. And, and it's like, it just oh, said, they do hang out. And the caption is, "We did it, Mr. Stark." Yeah, and, and I, like, I cried and cried. <laughs> um, then Hawkeye breaks Scarlet Witch out, um, for, because because. Oh, Vision and her are hanging out. Basically, Sharon, just... Sharon Kiss. So now we're at the airport. Sharon Kiss? Who's Sharon Kiss. We already talked about him kissing oh. the niece. So now we're at the airport. Yeah. And I have to say, there are a couple of cool things about this fight. One, they actually put an emphasis on powers, which yeah. is fun because a lot of this series, especially when you get into the the next two Avenger movies, which I really, really like more than this movie, it doesn't really matter what people's powers are. And like in Captain Marvel, it's like, I don't even understand her powers. Like, I guess she shoots stuff. She's but Superman. I like the That's movie, but it's of. like, I don't know what she does. Mm-hmm. And, and I think as we get further along, they kind of care less about powers. This scene actually... Because Spider-Man has to fight Ant-Man, and he, like, webs him up, and Ant-Man gets big for the first time, which when we first watched it, even though we were bored, I went, whoa, when Ant-Man got big. It was so wonderful. And Jordan just pointed at me and laughed. Um, So they're actually having to use their powers, which is really fun in this scene. Unfortunately, Unfortunately, cut the scene. Cut the scene. If If you had to go through this movie and cut out, like, the 30 minutes or more... You have to cut this scene out because all it is is what you're telling me. That's all it is for. And it's cool for Which, the powers, but it's kinda, not actually that good of a scene. And it's no. ugly. It's yeah. a pretty... It's ugly. It's washed out concrete. Mm-hmm. And you might be thinking, well, Micah, you can't cut the scene because War Machine gets shot down out of the sky and goes paralyzed. 
But tell me, does that have any effect on any following stories? No, well, they just they give him magic, magic legs at the end of the movie, well, and also, it doesn't even affect his they psyche. They could have done that at any other, in any other battle scene in this movie. They could have done that at some point. They could have, but I'm trying to bring up the point that you don't even need to paralyze him because it actually holds no weight to the story at all. It does for like two scenes when Downey's like, well, I'm kind of mad now. Why'd that happen, or Vision? Or if anything, he probably would have accompanied Iron Man to that place where he fights captain and yeah but he said to show up alone and he was like yeah i will that's true it just has actually no effect on the plot and and i remember when we went and saw infinity war it'd been a long time since we saw this and i was like how come how come he's wearing like weird leg things what's with that oh yeah and and that's the next time we see him and Mm -hmm. it's like it literally doesn't matter they're just trying to find ways to get rid of characters in this plot just don't put them in the movie (laughs) and so yeah i don't I, that that's just one of those it's like a it, it is like a comic book thing where you read and you're like oh this person got paralyzed and you're like well in a half a year they're not going to be anymore because they got to take it back yep so that one's like a cheap one to me it kind of goes into the like shield and hydra folder for me where it's like yeah. shield and hydra are dead not really though yeah they're actually still doing just fine yeah this scene also ends with cap and bucky being the only people on like their team who gets out mm-hmm. they um and then all of the other people on his team, like Falcon, Jeremy Renner. Mm-hmm. Which you could cut him from the movie too, even though oh, absolutely. I'm starting to come around on Hawkeye. Oh yeah. If you had to cut things, just cut him out. I'm the only thing is, yeah, no, cut him out. And, and we're, again, I want to just emphasize that we are not saying that, that the amount of characters is the problem. It's just the way it's presented because again, I really like Infinity War and Endgame, and there are so many characters, so many to keep track of. And but but you have to think because there are so many characters in those movies, they have to. Th- they I mean, if they were smart, which they were, I'm sure that part of their storyboarding was how much time screen time each person mm-hmm. got. Like, don't you think they'd have to do the math? Yeah. Because they needed to make sure that it stayed on track with what was going on. Luckily, the story, the whole Thanos thing is so big that I feel like it wouldn't be as hard as this movie. Yeah. Unfortunately, this movie is two different movies in one. Yeah. And that's what that's where that's why we're able to like provide all of these like our opinions. So that's what they are. Our opinions of what they can do. Well, because they actually split Infinity War and Endgame. Those are two movies yes. that tell one story. Yes. Not necessarily, because one is Thanos and the other is the Avengers. But, but to get back on track with the story. So the people on Captain America's team who don't get to go with him in the jet are prisoners and are taken to this prison, like in the middle of the ocean. Yes. Then the other people are still fine. I guess it's important to say that Scarlet made Scarlett Johansson made sure that Captain and Bucky could get in the jet and leave. Yeah. When at the beginning of the fight, she started on Iron Man's side. Yeah. I will also mention at this point that um, Iron Man's suit is the looks the worst out of all the movies. A lot of it's yeah. the the animation's really weird, and then I think it's just the new suit that's bulkier and it looks yeah. strange. And I think it's the whole floating head thing is just way more obvious than all the other movies. I didn't catch it as much as you, but it was so obvious. It looked to me. a little weird. I think also because it was so disproportionate to because I was thinking like if I was. Or thinking about Robert Downey Jr., his body inside that suit, and he's moving his arms and moving his fingers. And I'm like, I don't believe that his fingers could reach to that finger inside that suit. Oh. How was he using, how was he getting uh, yeah, all the it, way over there? It he's seemed not like very disproportionate, big. yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, there was that. But then, go ahead. So then Iron Man, he sees they're all in prison. He kind of knocks the power and he goes, Falcon, where is Captain America? But I think the fight leaves him like... He's pissed. He's pissed and he's like, this needs to end. Even though you were like, they just had a big fight scene. Yeah. What more is there to say? But he is going, he's like, I am now going to stop it any way I can. Yeah. So, yeah. So And then Falcon's like, well, Zemo's behind this whole thing. So that's where he's at. Because and, the whole time, this is where it becomes kind of like two movies, is um, Iron Man's working on the, the Accords. No, on the Accord. Iron Man's working oh, on well, the Accords thing. And then Captain America is working on the Zima thing. Yeah. And the Zima thing just, it's, it becomes such a big story. That's why it feels like two movies in one. Hmm. If it was just more of a, like, a little underlying, like, MacGuffin thing, this could be one movie. Eh. You don't think so? Well, I, they, I just like do, it too much. I wouldn't want them to well, shave that part. No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. But think that. Do you? I do. But, like, think about how important that story becomes. Because a lot of the time, like a lot of the movies, we don't know what's going on with that. And then when we find out, it's like, what is the movie about again? Yeah. So you kind of ask yourself that question. So anyway, we'll fast forward. So then uh, Iron Man shows up. Two. And Captain America and Winter Soldier are at like this old abandoned like Hydra base. And... At the Hydra base are all of the other um, soldiers, and they've all been killed. Soldiers who have all been killed by Zemo. 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 And um, then wait, Iron Man and Cap make a truce. They're okay. like, let's figure out what's going on with this. Let's okay. just take care of that. Okay, what were you gonna say? No, actually, keep going. Okay, and then um, this is when we find out that Bucky killed Tony's parents. And what I like is Tony just doesn't even... He doesn't ask for an explanation or anything. Well, he, he asked Cap if he knew about it. And Cap's like, yes, I knew. And so then they just start fighting. And then this is when you find out that Zemo was from Sokovia and his wife and um, son were killed. And father. And father. And it took him like three days to get them out of the rubble. And so he has been planning this intricate thing to have those people fight and kill each other. Because he said he provided a great quote, almost as great as Jake Gyllenhaal's at the end of Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, It was something to the effect of when someone, an enemy comes and takes down an empire, the empire rebuilds itself. But when the empire is taken down from within... It's destroyed. Something like that. Oh, I don't remember. And that. it was like, that's very cool. Dang, dude, <laughs> good job. And this is what I was gonna say because I asked you to write down that note. Yes, final fight so scene. You get to the set, the setting, and you're like, oh, Zemo's gonna wake up these super soldiers, and they're gonna, yeah. it's gonna be another big last battle, and they're gonna, it's just gonna be whatever we always see. And then they get there and they see that they've all been shot in the head. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like. What? Why would he do that? And then Cap and Bucky are there trying to figure it out. Iron Man shows up and it's kind of like, what's going on? Zemo says his cool quote thing. And then you think Zemo only brought them here as a representation of what Bucky's actions did. Like Bucky killed his father and his killed his Iron Man's parents to get that serum that was given to these people to become super people and they never even got to use it 
Oh, so you're saying so he's was like also all, showing like all for nothing, kind of like it wasn't even for something. His crazy. parents died technically for nothing, even though it would have been for the bad guys. Mm-hmm. But like this is all it amounted to. Amounted to you were seeing what what happened, like what your parents' that's a cool point. Yeah. Motives were for. Yeah. So that's the the his whole like elaborate thing, and it's like that is one of the coolest villain motives. Yeah. Like like schemes, I've I've ever seen. That's why I'm after watching it. I'm like, man, I, I, I'm kind of like, I'm really into this show they're gonna make now because one, we might learn something about Bucky finally. Yeah. Two, I totally changed my mind about Falcon and love him. Oh, I don't know why great. I didn't like him at, to begin with. I changed my mind about him and Winter Soldier. Yeah, me too. But yeah. I mean, he's like, still, I'm like, yeah, cool, he's yeah. there. Yeah. And then three, it's like Zemo's really cool. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I think, oh, I think oh, he's well, like a fan favorite comic book wise oh, as well. So. so I think there's a lot for them to like material for them to so choose from. It's so great because I think earlier in the movie, they were like, oh, you're just a Sokovia and you're here just to get revenge. And it, I think he kind of said something like, you know, it's more than that, which is like, that's kind of like what it's for. Yeah. But what he, I think what he meant was like, I'm really going to teach them a lesson. Not, I'm, I don't want to kill them. I want them to kill themselves. Like, yeah. that's his lesson. And then, because the whole time Black Panther, like, follows um, Iron Man yeah, to yeah. this place because he wants to kill Bucky because Bucky, he believes Bucky killed that his Bucky dad. killed his dad. And, like, the Black Panther became even cooler to me in this scene, and I didn't think that was possible because he's yes, already I so love cool. this part. When um, Zemo is sitting outside as Iron Man, Cap, and Bucky are fighting. And he's given us, you know, telling him about how his family was murdered. Well, they were killed in the Sokovian thing. Mm. And um, I, Black Panther's just listening to him. Yeah. And he has his claws out. Like, he's like, oh, so you're the one yeah, and he's... that did it. So he's like, you're the person I'm getting revenge on. And then um, Zemo tries killing himself because his work's completed. And he has nothing else. The only thing left he had to live for was to get the Avengers to crumble from within. Yeah. And now that he's done it, he's just going to kill himself. Black Panther prevents him from killing himself. And he also says something like, he's like, everyone's filled with vengeance. Basically, I'm going to choose forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. Like, And it's just like... There's been enough vengeance you for never the day see, or something I feel like that. you just don't see that that often in a movie. It's very cool. It's usually like vengeance and vengeance is cool, you know? Because you're getting... It's you're really getting good. You're getting yours. <laughs> and so yeah and, and so, the other cool thing is it's like he's about to become king of wakanda mm-hmm. and like for that to be one of his first acts is is pretty cool well i mean that just proves that he's he is worthy of it yeah for sure and i think he's probably also thinking about what his dad would do because mm-hmm. black panthers a lot of it is about what his dad would do yeah what a king would do and that is just like yeah you are the king of wakanda you're badass yeah um Another not as cool thing, but kind of a cool thing is they keep talking about the five other Winter Soldiers. So I didn't remember what they did with that, and I'm like, oh, they got to fight like all these Winter Soldiers is going to be boring, and then they're just dead. And it's it's kind of like a like thanks Zemo. Well, well, thanks, and it's also like a um, your expectation as a viewer, having watched twelve of these other movies, you're like, okay, we'll have to slog through those guys for them to get to Zemo, and then you're like, oh, yeah, that's and I don't not really remember what I thought Bucky, was going to happen. Which I don't, you know. As I'm about to say this, you're like, how could you forget? But I forgot that Bucky, like, killed Iron Man's parents. Oh, I, I remembered that part. I forget, like, why Cap and Iron Man had that fight scene after mm-hmm. the big fight scene. So, like, then watching that, it was much more intense and impactful. Yeah. Um, And it's basically, like, they're fighting to the death. Iron Man blows off um, 
Bucky's arm. Yeah. And then, so then it's just Cap and Iron Man, like I said, fighting to the death. And Iron Man stops Tony by breaking his heart thing. Yeah, Captain America stops Iron Man. Iron Man, sorry, yeah, by breaking his heart thing. So he's, it's yeah. not like Captain America is going to kill him. He's just trying to stop him. And I remember being confused about this, but on the rewatch, I was like, oh, yeah, he got rid of his heart monitor in Iron Man 3. So he can live yes. without it, but it powers down his suit. He can't use his suit now. Right. So he's defeated. And what's great is Tony says, you don't deserve to wear that shield. My father made that. And Captain America drops it, it and walks away with Bucky. And you're like, dang. That, that was, you know, again, movie, Tony, I mean, Robert Downey Jr. is just like bringing it. Oh, yeah. I mean, and he is an Earlier movie, in the movie, Black Panther put scratch marks in the shield. And you're like, how? That's a vibranium shield. Oh, and then, yeah. But his nails are vib like they're vibranium. So they That's cool. damaged his shield. I did not notice that. Yeah. Pretty cool, right? Yeah, good catch. That Thanks. seems like a nerdy catch. I try, I, I'm a nerd it, now. It worked. We can stop the podcast. I did what I needed to do. I made Jordan a nerd. Micah, I was Thank a you. nerd long way till we get to Harry Potter. Yeah, that's that's going to be funny because I'll probably just be like, okay, yeah, okay, I get it. I'll be red in the face. <laughs> um, So then it's kind of the end of the movie. Um, We find out that Steve and Bucky go to Wakanda, and which is really ironic because... Um, Bucky, well, it looked like Bucky killed uh, Black Panther's dad. Turns out he didn't, but, and but it's like, it's like, like, so I again, still he's, don't want that person around. Yeah, he's like extending family. his mercy to him as well. Mm -hmm. So it's like, as a king, he's like really doing good stuff. Um, and then, uh, Tony's back. He's helping, um, War Machine recover already. Then you have your Stan Lee cameo. Yeah, Stan Lee comes in. He said uh, he's a FedEx guy, and he says Tony Stank. Is there a Tony Stank? And then big laugh from the crowd. <laughs> it's a letter from Captain America. That's kind of like I hope we can be friends someday. I'm sorry. I, had I didn't to do tell what I had you because I thought I was protecting you, but I was end up I was really protecting myself. Yeah. And then, then he gives him that phone. Yeah, which will he'll use in Infinity War to get a hold of him. Which that was when I that phone came out of the box i was like oh, nothing happens between them again until yeah infinity war slash endgame it's pretty well and I'm, and I'm thinking we're at the this is the first movie of phase three yeah what i know a lot of stuff takes place off earth but yeah what oh, yeah, but, and it is still thinking, crazy to think that hulk and thor are having ragnarok right now yeah that's what you told me and i was like so that means that infinity war like let's just say happens in a month uh-huh that's insane. That's insane. Well, and I think around this time, Guardians 2 is happening as well. I just love... I think Guardians 2 actually happens before this. I bet you can find a timeline cheat on Google. Like, yeah. if you Googled it, we should Google it. I want to see what it's like. Yeah, that'd be fun to I look at. stuff like that. Off screen. No. Um, and then we see that um, Captain America, like, walks out of the shadows, and he's in that water base, and he sets his friends free, which finally explain to me why in infinity war they're like on the run because i just didn't remember and that that is not bad screenwriting or anything i just didn't remember why they were like in europe hiding well and i, mean, I was like i don't get this movie is so there's so much that happens <laughs> yeah. until the next one so it's like that's why these rewatches have been also just so enjoyable because it's very fresh in my memory right now yeah until well, i forget it all one of the things i actually which I don't think they don't do as well in this movie. It's kind of the counter argument. But in Avengers, 
the the Avengers uh, th- th- uh, three and four, um, Infinity and Endgame, I just kind of like how they they never like handhold you. They just kind of go, if you're not on at this point, like we're not gonna do like a flashback to explain what happened. You you just got to be on this ride or not. Yep. And, and everyone I mean, was like, okay, we'll make it the number one highest grossing movie ever made. And I had to resist asking you a lot of questions during Infinity War, which I know I still ask you questions during it. Yeah. But there were times where I'm like, what? Yeah. It's really yeah. not worth it. Yeah. One, well, and it is kind of confusing sometimes. Because again, like Guardians, I'm pretty sure that happens before Civil War, but the movie comes out after Civil War. And there's 23 movies now. You're going to get confused. Yeah. But um, so I think final thoughts on this movie. Cut Spider-Man cut the airport scene and cut the Sokovia Accords and just make and it... the niece thing. Yeah, cut the niece thing. And you just make it about Tony and Cap and Bucky. And if you're like, oh, but we got to have the Sokovia Accords, then end the movie with the Sokovia Accords starting and then the next Captain America movie is Sokovia Accords, a more in-depth exploration of Civil War. That's my pitch. Having said all that, I thought I was going to hate this rewatch and it was fairly enjoyable... It's a solid, but on the lower end, 6 out of 10. There's some real shining moments. I think the ending really comes together. But um, I didn't get bored at any point, which I was surprised Yeah, not by. this time. Yeah. Another movie that I thought I was going to go into, dreading watch, rewatching it, thought I would never watch it again in my life. I know. We gotta, I like it. Uh, this is another one. Yeah, it's like this, Dark World, and even um, Thor... One, to me, were just movies that I Rick. thought I was going to hate. Shrek. And I didn't. I just meant Marvel. And also including Shrek, though. Yeah. Shrek Forever After is the best Shrek. Say it again. Say it again. <laughs> um, so that's Civil War. That Those are my thoughts. Do you have any other thoughts? Um, not really. I think it's a fairly I, good I really, movie. I, I think I said everything I've wanted to say. Yeah. Um, so next week is Dr. Strange. That one I'm also dreading to rewatch. <laughs> I'm very excited. I, so I like Dr. Like Strange. It. I think Dr. Strange is, uh, to me, it's like a solid six. To me, I, I lump it in. It's not as bad as Ant-Man. Not even close. Oh, no way. But to me, it's like, what's the point of having this? Ant-Man sucks. But it, it feels like, why did we give him a movie? Yeah. I, but I'm sure my opinion will be changed by the time this episode comes out. Well, for better or for worse, the reason they had to give him the movie is so that you could know what that Infinity Stone was. True. And I think for better. And yeah. I know that my sister's listening. I'm just going to say it. I actually really like how he defeats the villain, but we'll talk about that next week. Um, thank you for listening. Rate. Review. Subscribe. Share. Share. Tell a friend. Please. What was that? Was that the sink? <laughs> that happens sometimes. Are you serious? I, I mean, like every once in a while. I'm horrified right now. <laughs> okay, let's turn off this podcast. Okay, thanks for listening. <laughs>